Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. The Safe Haven Podcast is a space for you to be real, raw, emotional, vulnerable, hilarious, and are completely carefree. This podcast offers a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life, and a judgment-free zone. Join me and my powerful guests as we dive into a variety of conversations and topics. Listen from where you are, as you are. Think, laugh, and cry along with us, whether you're in your car, in your kitchen, chasing your kids, running your business, caregiving for someone that you love, getting a mani-pedi, while you're in the hospital, a treatment center, sitting on the deck, on the dock, or out for a run. These weekly stories and messages will hit you right in the heart, fill up your cup, and recharge your spirits. And it is with my whole heart that I welcome one of my ride or die best friends to the Safe Haven podcast, Jessica Lee. Welcome, my friend. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. (laughs) Now, you were so much of the inspiration when I was thinking about what I actually wanted for setup because I totally envisioned having these boom stands for the mics with wine, which we have, Mm -hmm. and a beanbag and or couch. So we have this nailed. It is a comfy spot, I gotta say. We've got this sorted, don't we? (laughs) It's homey. It is A homey podcast. (laughs) Oh, Jessica, you know, you've been mentioned on the podcast numerous times, so I'm just so grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful for you. I could get really emotional about that, but we'll save that. It's already starting. (laughs) I'm already crying. I know. God. (laughs) We're going to save that for another time. But yes, I appreciate you. I value you so greatly in my life. And I'm just very excited to have you with me. So hey. Hello. Now you are diving into some pretty big stuff. And I've been, well, you and I have both been kind of bouncing around with ideas as to what we could talk about on the podcast. How are you going to make your debut on the podcast? You know, and we did. We actually played around with that a little bit. A few weeks ago, we, you know, we played around with the mics and we decided that that was a really fun recording, but Let's deep dive into something that is really happening. Like, let's get really raw and communicate things that are going on in our lives. And recently you had a pretty massive epiphany and you reached out and you were like, Amanda, I think I'm ready. And I was quite surprised. I'm not going to lie because I've known you for (laughs) years now. And uh, yeah, you are totally ready to deep dive into the realm of what the Safe Haven podcast is, which is vulnerable opening up stories. Just a little bit of pressure as well, eh? right? I gotta say. <laughs> I just had to lay that on there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it definitely, um, I, I think about Amanda's podcast all the time, and it it feels like the the first one has to be really special just because of our connection, and I would walk, I'd be walking and listening to your podcast, listening to another podcast, and like, what am I going to talk about? Like, what am I supposed to bring to this so that I can share in this community and feel like it it is really, really potentially going to help somebody? Mm-hmm. I know you were super keen on just the contribution. Like, how can I contribute to this community in some way that they're going to gain something from my words? Yeah, big time. And I couldn't quite like I couldn't quite find it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think about a lot of things, and I'm a I am a deep dive philosopher, mm-hmm. and um, I'll go down all sorts of different roads of concepts. But when it comes to like my own story and how I wish to tell that, 
I was hitting like a massive, a massive roadblock. You know, I feel like I can talk about a lot of topics. I read a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, you know, I'm researching different topics and just like watching the world around me. But when it comes to like your own story and how that's going to come out to the world, I was like totally mm-hmm. feeling blank. Yeah. You know, and crazy thing was through you, mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> my my guru, <laughs> was you were like, oh, you got to check out Bird's Papaya. Just, just follow this Instagram. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I mean, I, I listen to Amanda, like she's tells, she, yeah, like I said, guru, so whatever <laughs> she says, I do, you know, and start looking into it. And then it led me to a podcast, which is the Papaya Podcast. And I took a walk just from my house here that we're sitting at, popped the podcast on, and Paul Fishman was on. And I'm walking, I'm listening, and the he starts talking about his struggle with disordered eating. And I'm like, I don't even know what that what that means. Mm-hmm. But bells are ringing because I've struggled with my weight my entire life. And I never, but I never was diagnosed with an eating disorder. So out of the blue, I hear this kind of topic of disordered eating and start listening. And I was like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. like this is me. This is what I've been struggling with for, I mean, I'm 32 and I, I, I would say for 26 years have been struggling with this. So yeah, big, big aha moment. Yeah, gigantic. And all it took was the shift of the words. It's, it's so interesting. That was so interesting because I remember you called me quite soon after that. Probably right after. Yeah, probably right after. <laughs> like hardly hit the end button and you called me and I remember just hearing that shift in your voice and your perspective as if it was like this you spoke more freely about it because you is almost like you had an answer or you had something like a next step to dive into as to why you maybe feel the certain ways that you feel about yourself or about eating or about whatever it is self-image self-love but how you can nourish your body in the best way possible so simply a word flip has now opened up a massive realm for learning and perspective. Yeah, big time, big time. And like I said, I didn't see it coming and I never thought something so simple could Mm -hmm. have like such a big impact. And I had no, no idea Mm. that this world even existed. Right. Where I didn't either. I know. And it, it, it's not like talked about very often no. because you definitely like I've been to the doctor numerous times about my weight. Like I, I would go in, they would weigh me and say, Jess, you are overweight or like obese. And I don't I mean, I which is hard to hear when you don't think you look that way. But technically in my age category or my weight category, I can like hit that and you need to lose weight. But you're not like, and I would talk about like the struggles that I was having mm-hmm. and my patterns of eating. And I would, it was so confusing because I don't eat very much. 
and I'm really aware of what I eat. And it just always has been a part of my life. So to like go into a doctor's office and be told that, but not have like a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So really it was like, you're fat because you chose to be fat. That's how it felt Mm -hmm. like my whole life. And it was very hard. It was like confusing, especially young when I wasn't really choosing the foods that I was eating Mm -hmm. because I was too young, but I was still fat and like, I didn't look like the other kids. And at first, like when you're very young, you don't know that, but your parents do and your family does. And they start, you know, the the messaging comes up. But yeah, to go somewhere and not have any like help, really, like not have someone say, you know what, what you're describing right now is actually disordered eating and your patterns aren't healthy I think way back when, when I was trying to like address the issue, would have helped a lot. Mm -hmm. And I only just heard it and I'm 32. Yeah. It's been a long time. So Mm -hmm. I like, I can just like feel, yeah, I can feel the weight because it started making sense Mm -hmm. and it never had before. No, it's like you have a new answer. Yeah. I want to spiral back real quick to what you said about messaging. Because it was almost like you lo- you literally raised your hands up in the air and you're like messaging, right? Like, because there's, there's so much power in that. And just mm. the messaging that comes from the people that are around you and from society and from media and now social media. Messaging is everywhere. Can you speak a little bit to how messaging happened early on in your life and how really that's rooted a lot of your belief in, in self? Yeah, it started very young. Um like I said, I didn't look like the other kids. Um, you can even think back to watching commercials on TV like we did in in that generation. There were never kids that looked like me. There weren't a lot of kids in my class that looked like me. And so from a very young age, I was immediately categorized as unhealthy you know lazy eats too much why why aren't they exercising and kind of diagnosing that not really any like issue and then pretty young like being called fat from loved ones at a like a very young age Mm -hmm. so when when you're a kid and that happens, like, the the impact that a word can have mm-hmm. on a child is, like, profound. And so if you can imagine a young girl at four years old constantly being told she's fat and, like, how that would carry on through your mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. you know, and then as you're, like, growing up, still being that kid, And still not having a representation of yourself and what what you're reading in the magazines. Like, do you remember like like the teen magazines that Mm -hmm. we would read? You know, there'd be like Hanson on the cover and then like, I don't know, like Mandy Moore or something. There were like not any bigger kids. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember. I think... I could probably go back and read through those. Maybe there would be a very small percentage. So there wasn't like any representation of a difference of body. Mm-hmm. 
um, from those younger, younger years. And so that leads to like out other forces thinking, okay, well, we should put her on a diet. Mm -hmm. So we're talking, I would say grade four. Started dieting? Probably around there. Yeah. Where food. Or like being at least conscious of what you're trying to put into your body. Yeah. Right. Food at that point wasn't for survival and like to keep my body alive. Food at that point was like already enemy. Grade four. I would say like I can Mm -hmm. just like remember that age and and what I would pack for lunch and having comments about what I would have in my lunch and um, being like class photos. Like I hated class photos. I still hate photos. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember back looking at the like whole class and up with the teacher. You know the classic. Oh yeah, you got to stand on the little bleachers and the steps and stuff. Man, and I was like, even at that age, I was like, something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I don't look like the other girls, you know. And so it was pretty young that we tried all sorts of things in my household, and like. They tried putting me on different kind of eating plans or, you know, we tried being like vegetarian or there was like in, in high school, I went to Curves. In high school? <laughs> it's like pretty yeah. funny story. Yeah. Me and my, be- like one of my other besties, Emma Jane, we would go to Curves because her mom went to Curves and we thought it'd be fun to work out. Uh-huh. And little does she know, like... That was like I was really trying to lose weight. Yeah. At that point. And they had this like low carb diet option. So for like a solid few weeks, all I would eat is bacon. That's it. Oh wow. The only thing I would eat. And I go to curves and work out, which I I hope people listening know what curves is. <laughs> oh gosh. My <laughs> so, mom and mama hardcore. Oh man, it's so fun. <laughs> we oh, had a lot of fun. The great Trust little me. circuit. Oh. Oh yeah. We would be like encouraging each other on and like but I again, even in those moments, Emma Jane by the way is very thin. So and her mom is very thin. And I'd be there feeling absolutely uncomfortable. But like I got to lose weight. Going to go to curves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a very unique choice mm-hmm. and I'm only going to eat bacon. Yeah. So that was like a lot of my high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With this epiphany that you've had, what do you think has kind of been the biggest lesson I think that you have now, because I mean, even really since, you know, two weeks ago in this disordered eating, new term, new mentality, new perspective had come forward for you. What do you think the biggest shift has been since then or the biggest lesson since then for you? Oh, hot dang. You've turned a lot of pages since then, girlfriend. I have. I have. I, I, I've I, really been taking some time to process through like how negative my words are to myself mm-hmm. and how little I look in the mirror, how like but I've actually been like stopping myself in those moments, Mm -hmm. which is very new, like a very new behavior for me. So I mean, a great example would be recently um, playing a show. I'm in a band. Amanda's probably 
plugged it a bunch of times because I've already linked it a few times. You're the best, so <laughs> I'm not surprised. The Long War. Yeah. I'll put it in the bottom of this podcast too. In the thank notes. you, thank you. <laughs> Next album coming out. No, oh, can't wait. Um, yeah, like there was a moment recently where we played a show um, with myself and two of my bandmates, and you know, I I really feel like myself on stage. Oh, pause. Jessica is electric on stage. And being someone who has seen you play just with your brother, with the full band, in tiny little intimate places, to massive settings, sit down, stand up, bars, theaters, you name it. I've been to so many different shows. You are so alive on stage, Jessica Lee. Mm. And that is your authentic self. You are exuding everything good on that stage. And you can see your confidence and your love of music and life and and talent and appreciation for everyone on stage and everyone's nature and energy in that space. So that was a necessary pause there because you are <laughs> dynamite girlfriend. Thank you. For real. But yeah, you Thank are you. 100% everything you are on stage. Yeah. I, I do feel that way mm-hmm. like on stage and in the moment and really appreciate that that you know that's the energy that you're catching Mm -hmm. it also holds a lot of insecurities for me Mm -hmm. you know being being in a band that is so um there's a lot of photos and hashtag girl in a boy band you got it you know with a in a band with guys that I can't always talk about this stuff with Mm -hmm. you know it, it doesn't quite resonate and you know, I'm trying. I am trying to be more open with this conversation because I think it's really important and they should probably hear it as well. But, um, yeah, we recently played a show and there was an illustrator there and she she didn't draw me and she she drew my band members and I really it really rattled me. Mm-hmm. In in the moment, like there were other performers too. There were other everyone. I I most people got drawn. I don't know if everyone did, but like, of what I could see, like the majority of performers got their like the illustration done. And she was kind of like floating around, and I I noticed quickly she hadn't drawn me. So I I went into like crazy cocoon mm-hmm. sad emotional mode and like the first thought in my head was she didn't draw me because I'm overweight and like that is so insane to say out loud to be honest like I I can't even believe that that thought is going through my head but it is like this is the reality of my story and what is going on mm-hmm and that was the first thought I had, and I shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I was holding back tears. It is not her fault. Like, she, she was drawing whatever was going on, but it really, like, it fired up these emotions in myself. And I came home, and I was a mess. And I was saying to my brother, "I'm like, should I change my hair? Should I wear a hat?" what's going on? Like, why don't people want to draw me? Why don't people want to take my photo? 
And I've like, this has been my life story. Like I always think about this stuff, right? To the point that I won't go to things because I'm like, I'd rather not have to deal with this, you know, than like have the emotions of, well, they're not going to want to take a photo of me or I'm not like, and it, 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 it's like these crazy insane thoughts, but it is my reality. Mm-hmm. And hence why we are working through this right yes, now. Yes. Because it's important. And But yeah, it it really like that night was hard. But it was the next day that I woke up and I was like, this is like, I, I shouldn't feel that way after a show. And that person doesn't have power over how I'm feeling after a show. And that's when the whole like, you know, rabbit hole of these podcasts came into play Mm -hmm. and I started thinking about how I don't get my photo taken very often and I never never ask I'll never say to someone hey could you take my photo Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I've like it's pretty rare that I would say that because of what I just unpacked that I don't feel comfortable And I think if someone wanted to take my photo, that they would. And if they wanted to take my photos because I'm like pretty and thin and the whole thing. And recently we were playing another show. It's it's interesting that's all coming up with like the Mm -hmm. music, but that is where I'm definitely like most connected. And I was sitting there and I was watching other people get their photos taken. And no one was asking if they could take my photo, which is like classic for me. And I just watch people, you know, look beautiful and do their thing. And I was like, fuck this. I want my photo taken here. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Yeah. I I want a photo of myself and I suck at selfies. Mm-hmm. Respect. Two people that can selfie. P.S. <laughs> or it that is, rip out a selfie stick and be like, hey. <laughs> it is hard. It is hard. I still don't know my angle. Oh, it takes. Side? I think it takes practice. I, it, I don't know. Maybe my arms aren't long enough. Hey, I don't know. But then you just mentioned angle. All the angles matter. Really? <laughs> that is very fair. Right? Thank you. You're right. You're I right. I got you, girl. I love that. And I like looked over at my bandmate and I was like, can you take my photo? Yeah, yeah, of course. And I was like, can you use this one, this filter, blah, blah, blah. Took a few photos. It was like not a big deal. And it's funny because like they would have had no idea how hard that was for me to ask. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my entire life, I posted something like very vulnerable Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Um, Mostly because I've been really inspired by the people around me lately and how much they're willing to share And it was like, you know what, I just, I want to share this like moment that I had, like Mm -hmm. it was, it really did matter. And it was a really big step for me. Something that seems like so small was like a huge step and I posted it and it's been getting a lot of love and Mm -hmm. I am stoked on that photo. Like, I don't think huge turning point. It's it's huge. It's huge. So we're like at a totally different space right now. So more photos to come. More photos. One hundred. Hopefully. 
We're <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> there will be. I wanted you to go back a little bit to um, some of the lessons that you really were able to pull away, even just from some of the things that um, Sarah Nicole Landry and Kenzie Brenna had talked about, because I remember even in their podcast, um, but also just their messages, their messages of self-love and this is Mm -hmm. who I am and this Mm -hmm. is my body, like it or don't. This is what it is and I like it the way that it is. So what were some other things that you were able to kind of pull away from some of the conversations that they had that really resonated with you? Oh man, the the body acceptance movement um, is really strong right now. And I mean, I think it's been for a while. I just am only tapping into it Mm -hmm. now. So listening to um, two really intelligent, passionate women talk about their their struggles with weight loss and weight gain and how they were on a journey of weight loss and hit their point where they thought, okay, I would be happy at this weight, got to that spot, were not happy Mm -hmm. because the work, you know, the self-work wasn't happening. So they would hit there and they're trying to like, trying to understand why they're not happy. Mm -hmm. So it was in those like that journey that they realized that they had to start digging into the the self-acceptance and body acceptance piece of where they were at. And it I mean, it is not an easy journey like it doesn't. And this was something like we were talking about. It doesn't go from like I hate myself to I love myself. Right. Overnight. That's right. Right. Mm hmm. And I think there's like a big conversation that should go into like, how do you like live in the middle? So they talk a lot about like body neutrality and like, how do you just like look at yourself and be okay with it? You don't have to like do the mantras because sometimes I don't feel authentic. It's really just like, oh, right. Like here I am today. Mm -hmm. That's it. I am. I'm good today. Body like, neutrality. Right? And like this is all these things are blowing my mind. I I I always in my mind thought, okay, I really need to love myself. Of course. Like this is a big journey. I do really want to love myself, but I don't know how to get there. I'm not just gonna like wake up and love myself. It's not mm-hmm. that easy. But I thought like that actual like middle ground was a really like big piece. Like I'm I'm just okay with how I am today. Mm-hmm. You know, and then seeing how they have reacted to all all of the uprise of like comments and, you know, they they post very like n- normalized photos of themselves. They're not photoshopped, just owning the exact body that they're in and the voice is not the body. You know, it's all connected, but like what who they are it isn't a reflection of their stretch marks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. massive yeah. even like massive. seeing a photo of an incredibly beautiful woman with stretch marks and like so loved like to start scrolling and seeing that stuff and realizing that women have stretch marks for various reasons mm-hmm. it, it it it's very normal 
yeah. to be like, oh, yeah, like I have larger breasts, so I'm going to have stretch marks there mm-hmm. because that's what happens to your skin when that happens. Yeah. So to, to start normalizing those things mm-hmm. and like hear them like at the that Canadians, by the way, both Canadians mm-hmm. at the forefront of this like really important message. I'm like, I'm so inspired. I I am like, it's really like the fire is lit. Mm -hmm. I can see it. (laughs) I know the healing is beginning. Yeah. For real. Finally. It's like, it's one of those things that there have been so many different things that have come up, whether it's an excuse or a real life circumstance or situation that's come up that has prevented you from moving forward. It's finally like with these answers and this new vocabulary, Mm. it's finally a thing that you can address to move forward from. And when you mentioned the normalizing thing, back at the end of July, beginning of August, I posted a TGIT and I was talking a little bit about normalizing normal bodies, um, which is what Mick Zazen does. And I had even mentioned her, I think, in the TGIT about how there was this this photo of this beautiful woman that was posted. She's in a quite a vulnerable outfit. She's in a bikini, I think. And But all I saw when I originally looked at it was just this beautiful beaming face and her blonde hair and gorgeous smile. And then I read the little message board that she had that said normalize normal bodies. And then I thought, well, what is she normalizing? And then I started looking at her body. I was like, oh, right. So her post is talking about acne and stretch marks. Those are both very real things, right? Mm -hmm. And the empowerment in just the acceptance of that. It's hard. Damn it, it's hard. Very and even in a in a previous podcast, I had mentioned um, that any time that I've, you know, cuddled or snuggled with someone, as soon as they wrap their hand Oof. around my stomach, right? Oh. I grab it and I move it. And Same. actually, it was Sarah Nicole Landry from Birds Papaya. Did you read that one? Yeah. About how she find Oh, that brought me to tears. Me too. So I was, I, I read, I actually read it to Riley and I teared up when I read it to him because it was that moment where she just felt accepted and loved and that it's okay to be everything you are and be worthy of love. But why is it that there's just this negative thing in us that tells us that we're not good enough in in some way? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that I would reach down and I'd grab his hand and I'd move it. Yeah. Always. And that I've been... And so many, so many people are... The stomach is like, it's really vulnerable. Not a safe zone. Yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah, men and women, regardless, regardless of gender. Yeah, absolutely. I and like this is a a weird thing, but for a long time when I was intimate with someone, it actually like felt like it was stinging. Like I would have that much of a reaction when someone touched my stomach that it felt like I was. It was like a sting just so uncomfortable that's how like crazy that psychology is wow yeah that's that's powerful in itself yeah I still gotta like I need to I work on that it's not easy to no. get intimate with someone when you don't like your body mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of time and like mental this is what like I I don't know like it takes a lot of mental energy and emotional preparation mm-hmm. to be with someone like that 
when you are not comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to convince yourself that this moment with that person is going to be okay. But usually, like in my experience, getting to that point is rare because usually the the roadblocks come up so early on in a relationship or like when you're dating that you're like, now I would rather not feel the sting on my stomach than go there with someone. So you just Mm -hmm. totally, you shut it down, shut it off, moving on, you know, put up some sort of wall so Mm -hmm. you don't actually have to like get to that level where they're like fully connecting to you Mm -hmm. and your body. Have you finally accepted that you are worthy of love? We're getting there, girl. We are getting there. Mm -hmm. I I am like working on the worthy conversation with myself for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think I think I I really want to get to a place with myself Mm -hmm. that I'm worthy of my own love. Mm -hmm. You know, before diving into something very serious. Mm But we are we are getting there. What steps are you going to be taking or have you started taking? I know that the photo was gigantic, so I will honor that big time. Thanks, girl. What else or what yep. other practices do you mm. see yourself establishing or? Yeah, I'm like actually starting to study, not study, but research um, disordered eating uh body acceptance my instagram feed is now filled with inspiring people um that i'm learning a lot from um i'm like really trying to rewire my brain right now mm-hmm. and like let go of the many years of story mm-hmm. that i've been telling myself around this um it's not it is like a long healing process and i catch myself in those moments but i'm also trying to be aware of the moments when it's like you walk by a mirror and look and in, just in that moment, it can go two ways, you know? Yeah, totally. Where it's like absolute n- hateful, horrible things you say to yourself that you would never say to someone else mm-hmm. ever or you something so small. That's it. Like it doesn't have to be. Girl, you're so hot. Oh my goodness. You I don't like it doesn't have to be so crazy. It could be like sweet hat. Jessica, Kate, when we were sitting here <laughs> earlier hanging out and you had run into someone from your past today. Oh, yeah, and, of course. But but then you were just like I loved hearing you say, Man, I was so happy that when I bumped into this person that I had a fucking great outfit on. I was like, Yeah, you look dynamite. You got a sweet outfit going on. I know. You're right. <laughs> I'm still buzzing off that. I was like, whew, I'm so glad it was today. Not yesterday. What was I wearing yesterday? My sweatpants. You know. (laughs) And like it's near my house. So, you know, I might have had my, you know, running shoes and my Lulu's on, which also are hot too. Yes. But I was feeling my outfit today. Oh, you look amazing. You still have it on. Which is also amazing. Usually I've I've changed by now. But um, yeah, it. Look good, feel good. You're right. And that that is like a powerful comment to come out of my mouth. So mm-hmm. thank you for recognizing that. Yes. That's big. Oh, girl, I hear you. I see you. I just thought of another thing that I was going to ask you. Okay. And this is kind of sidebar, but 
what are the current judgments that you hold towards or against yourself that would be preventing you from being in an intimate relationship right now? Wow. The the biggest the biggest thing and this has been going on for, you know, most of my adult life is I can only fully date someone or love someone or have them love me when I'm in a thinner body. And that is like, that has been my dark cloud, you know, for, for so long. And I, I've never um, told someone that I love them mm-hmm. for that reason, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never gone there with someone because for so long, I've just had an image in my head that I could only be in love and in that kind of relationship when I was fit and I was like healthy and eating well and didn't worry about every meal that I was eating and how that would look. And to me, that's like the ideal relationship to be in. I am now 32, so clearly this like pattern of thought is really really unhealthy I'm recognizing that now so I'm I'm just trying to like I'm just trying to understand within myself like what I could be in a relationship that is separate from my weight Mm -hmm. um the other like really big one and it's so funny again like when you when you kind of like click with a topic or you click in the universe with what you're meant to start talking about all the things come to you that mm-hmm. that you relate to and i started listening to a few podcasts of people that always thought that they were not interesting and i like realized how much i feel that about myself so i for a long time, didn't think that I would be interesting if I went on a date, like that that person wouldn't find me interesting, that I didn't have a story like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and that I I wouldn't be able to hold their attention. So I had these two, like, because, sure, if you're super interesting and funny, but you're overweight, you know, at least you have that one bit. Where it's like, wow, she's got such a crazy, cool story. But I didn't have that. And then it's, I didn't have the like, oh, she, but she's a bombshell, like so hot, like so fit. So I always just felt like the two things that I could have within that relationship, I was lacking. Which has always blown my mind because often after hanging out, my face hurts from laughing because we're laughing all the time. Or I feel so complete and so whole or uplifted because of the conversations that we've had or the experiences that we've swapped or the things that we've talked about. So that's always been something that when you've communicated that to me, I've always been like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, but again, that's one of your 
I'm, I'm someone obviously that you've been extremely vulnerable with and that you've really yeah. opened up to and that you've shared things with me that you haven't shared with many people. And so maybe I have that shifted perspective of how valuable you are and how great you are as a person, but I wouldn't necessarily consider that bias because I know you for you. So it's not just because I love you that I think you're great. You're <laughs> fucking great, Jessica, you know? So that's always really surprised me. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think your steps moving forward will be to accept yourself as you are or to recognize that you are great and that you are cool and that you do have stories to share and that you've traveled around the world and done things by yourself and you're part of a band and you do cool things. I know. I know. I, I mean, now I mean, hearing it, I'm like, right. All those things, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm starting to just like reflect on, on those, but also like, I don't know, like the recent shift of mindset has really like opened the floodgates. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, my non-story became a really big story for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have been diving so deep into how how much it's affected me my whole life and how simple things that I could do to affect others, to open up the conversation. I started talking about disordered eating with friends. This is like within the last two weeks, like mm-hmm. what, like we said. Um, I opened up to my brother about it and I put it up on Instagram and was like, you know what? I just think... I do think I have a story right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's crazy. Like the whole like unfolding really of this. It really comes together. Yeah. Yes. And we, and this is what we were talking about tonight. And I said, there's so many people right now that are just the universe is providing so much for them. Mm-hmm. And they are walking the path and things are working out in 2020, like new decade and I, this is mine. Like, I really have found a part of myself mm-hmm. that I I can't wait to see mm-hmm. what is going to come of this. It's exciting. It is. Yeah. Like, I, I feel passionate about another part of my life that I had no idea I could be passionate about. Yeah. You know, I thought it was the beast, the dark cloud, but now it's turning into the light. I love that. I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm stoked. So I am definitely, I also like I am in, enrolled in like a self-love course mm-hmm. where I'm working through things like on a platform, mm-hmm. which has been blowing my mind because I am not the only one that's like going through this no. and we're on it and we talk to each other and we're working through modules and it's inspired like an e-learning creativity in my mind because yes. I'm like... There's so many things that we could do with this Mm -hmm. to help other people. And it's helping me, you know, so just like actually taking like, yeah, taking a step of like, I'm going to pay for something. Mm -hmm. Even that sometimes is enough to like open the door. Yeah. You know, like there's an accountability to it then. Yeah. Especially with people that are kind of on your team that are working through the modules with you or that are reading your story and then can maybe ask you a question about it or relate to it or make some connections. Big time. Yeah. It's really inspiring. 
that passion that you have for more education on disordered eating. Yes. What do you think that you're generally going to take a a stance on social media? So for Instagram as your main, I guess, source of delivery? Yeah. I love it. I also on that. I was so like I spent so many years being jealous of what other people were doing. Mm. And then it would turn into like, well, I I would spin it and like you know, why are they saying this and doing this? But really I was just like I really respect what the what when people have a voice and when they really care about something and really I'm projecting cuz I should I wanted to be doing something like that. Mm-hmm. That's been really eye-opening as well for me. But I I do think social media has like an incredible voice and that disordered eating is not a a super accessible topic. I had a hard time finding information. I've been searching a lot and it's pretty deep. Like I, I have to unfold all sorts of things to get to some like tangible facts about it. Mm -hmm. So I would really, I, I'm going to just start documenting like my story what's been going on what I faced growing up the still the habits that I have now Mm -hmm. that are unhealthy habits that are disordered Mm -hmm. that yeah maybe you go to a doctor's office and they don't diagnose you but there it is still something like we got to still talk about it you know it it's unhealthy it's detrimental it is totally mind and emotion sucking mm-hmm. and absolutely exhausting. That's like a big part of it. Yeah. It is so exhausting. So, yeah, my current strategy, which you is... You need a blog. I know. I've seen that too. Okay, good. Let's start that. Yeah. Blog, like... At, at a maybe a new a really great yeah. way to document successes as well as yeah. realities yeah where people can come and like actually see like okay someone else is going through this mm-hmm. and like can relate and and then the instagram like maybe starting a new handle i'm not sure yet where it's like really dedicated to that i'm kind of fired up about that idea as well and like i finally for like the first time in like I said, maybe 20 some odd years. I am actually not on a diet right now. Mm-hmm. Yay, First time bad. in a long time. Yeah. Yep. Feels pretty good. Eating just to nourish your body. Yep. I love it. Yep. Oh, it's Jessica. actually, it's really hard to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's actually really hard, but I am just like, no, stop. Just stop that for just for a bit. Take just a have a break. Rest. Yeah. Rest that part of myself. Mm-hmm. Jessica, I appreciate you so much. Same Z's. I really do. And can you please promise me and everybody listening that you're going to be on again and again and again and again? Oh, you got it. Don't Good. tempt me. You know, I'll be here every day. I've already been on a bunch of them just sneaking know, in the background. Helping flip quiche, you know. You got carrots. it. I got many skills. You do have many skills. We're going to get you on at some point, too, talking about the band and your journey with the band, which is really exciting as well. Man, we could go on. We could. Oh, gosh. It could be like a multiple day podcast with us. A whole series. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Of course, my darling. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Safe Haven podcast. Interested in supporting the podcast in more ways than just listening? 
if you go to the safehavenpodcast.podbean.com and look at the top right, there's a little green button there that says become a patron. And if you click that, you can donate as little or as much as you like. There is absolutely no obligation in this. It's just another way that you can support the podcast to make sure that the content continues and that my equipment is covered while I chase these incredible stories. Tell your friends, write a review, and I will talk to you next week.